welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing. Keep us and protect us. Guide us and guard us for your glory and for your honor. We'll thank you and we'll praise you. Let your word fall on good ground today. Let your word fall on good ground today. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's everybody stand for the reading of the word. Uh, Genesis chapter 11. I'm going to read again verses 1 through 9. Chapter 11. Reading again verses 1 through 9. If you have a say amen. If you don't have a say, wait a minute. All right, oh, you got a minute, 60 seconds, you hear me? 60 seconds, if you have it. Genesis chapter 11, it's the first book of the Bible. First one, don't go too far. Don't go too far. If you're on your app, don't scroll. Stay right up. Stay right down on the bottom. First, first book, Genesis chapter 11, that verses 1 through 9. I think that was 45 seconds. If you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say wait a minute. You ain't got no more minutes. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> All right. All right. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 reads as follows. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they followed or they found, excuse me, a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and vitamin for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the faiths of the whole earth. And the Lord came down, there's a twist, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people. They have all one language. And this is only the beginning what they will do and nothing that they purpose to do will now be impossible for them come let us go down and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech so the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth and they left off building the city therefore its name was called Babel because there the Lord confused y'all see that the Lord confused I want to read that again. So therefore, the name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over all the face of the earth. I just want to read one more verse. Verse 6, if you don't mind. And the Lord said, Behold, they are all one people, and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they purpose to do will now be impossible for them. If there's a title for this morning, our focus for this February is unity. Our title for this morning is Unity in Action. Unity in Action. Unity in Action.
as we heard from Sister Tracy, and I'm grateful for her having put that um, reflection together. Thank you so much for the Sunday School and for her specifically. Um, our theme for this, this month is African-American heritage. And we're, this is Black History Month, church. I need a church this morning. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Some of y'all might be sleepy, but it seems, it seems real heavy in here this morning. It seems, seems real heavy in here. Our theme for this month, our theme, the theme for the country, and our theme as we worship for this month is Black History Month. And, um, we are walking through, we decided to use um, unity, Umoja, as our theme for every Sunday throughout February. Church is nothing if we are not united, saints. The church is nothing. The church will be nothing if we are not united. A house divided against itself, the Bible says, cannot stand. Unity. Umoja is to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, the nation, and the race. One of the things I think that y'all need to know about me is uh, at this point in my ministry, I Consider myself a stay-at-home pastor. Consider myself a stay-at-home pastor. There are a lot of leaders that are doing a lot, a lot to be seen and known by the masses. But a lot of people that are trying to figure out um, where they can get their next preaching appointment. A lot of people that are looking around to try to figure out who uh, they can be recorded by or what group they can be in front of next or where they can be recognized. But when I got here, I had a conversation with Deacon Nix. Deacon Nick said, we need a pastor. Our, our church, our church needs a pastor. We're a family. We need, we need a pastor. Not, not out there. We need a pastor here. We need somebody that's going to care about the people here. Not out there. Not their, their stuff out there. But we need somebody that's going to love us here. So I consider myself, and I've been talking to Deacon Lee about understanding what it looks like for us to have a pastor here. Why is that? Why do I consider myself a stay-at-home pastor? First of all, for these conversations, but second of all, I believe that there is power in unity. There's power in unity. When we can come together as a people who are not divided and not just support things with our words, but actually with our actions, I believe that nothing can stop us. We're praying for the same results, working towards the same end. We are a united front that can thwart the powers and the plans of the enemy. That's unity. And there have been a myriad of studies in recent years that have focused on the power of diversity. There's a lot of people who have tried to figure out what diversity looks like and um, I'm thinking about our text this morning, what diversity looks like, where researchers have looked at um, our differences and they found a way for our differences to be understood and then overcome. And, um, one researcher uh, from Stanford University, he's a Stanford professor, I believe he's emeritus at present, but his name is Claude Steele. Claude Steele wrote in a, a summative work called Whistling Vivaldi. Y'all stay with me. Um, Whistling Vivaldi. In that summative work in Whistling Vivaldi, Steele describes the power of the role of stereotypes play in human behavior. And he, he begins by recalling his childhood in the 1950s in Chicago. And there was a day when he went to go try to swim in a swimming pool. It was a public pool, but Steele wasn't allowed to swim in that pool because 
Somebody said his skin was a little too dark to get in. It was, it was a whites-only day. So he went to go swim, and on that day when he went to go swim as a little boy, he realized in that moment who the world saw him as. He realized in that moment that even though the pool was a unifying place for swimming in the community, he was excluded. And through that negative treatment, he turned, being turned away from the swimming pool on that day, he decided to use his time and research to understand how our differences can become strength. Human beings, we have a t tendency to judge each other based on our identities, not just by race, but by class and by our age and by our health and by lack thereof. For more than 20 years, Steele decided, he concluded um, in his psychological research, suggesting that the mere threat of a stereotype, threat of a stereotype is powerful enough that it can literally change human behavior. Meaning if I, if I think that you think something about me, it's enough for me to act as if what you think about me is actually true. The mere threat of a stereotype, y'all, the mere threat, if I think what you think about me, your thinking that about me can actually change my behavior from my God-given identity to making me behave as if I am who you think I am. And he's done a lot of work over the last 30, 40 years to understand what the beauty of diversity can bring to people as we come together and sit at the same table. But I feel like even though there is a lot to be said about the beauty of diversity, God wants us to re be reminded today and this month that even though diversity is beautiful, unity is powerful. Diversity is beautiful. Differences are inevitable. But even through those differences, we get to choose if we will remain united together. There is power in unity. Look at somebody and say, there's power in unity. Type it in the screen. There's power in unity. Not sameness, but togetherness. Unity. There's power where we are not divided, but we are united fighting for the same outcomes, praying for the same results, working towards the same ends. That is the definition of unity. Unity where we all come together. And in our text, in Genesis chapter 11, we find a snapshot of the earth, earth's population. Go ahead, open your Bibles and look at it. Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, this is verse, these are verses three and four. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower, which is up in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. Did y'all read that? Let us make a name for ourselves. Did y'all read that? Let us make a name for ourselves. Lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. That'll be our Bible study conversation. But what I'm telling you today is communication is important to unity. 
You see this? The Bible says that they all had one language. And you would think that the modification of language would be the barrier for people of coming together. Because right now, we've got people working all around the world trying to figure out through Zoom links and through translators and such, coming together trying to break down the barriers of communication with regard to different languages. It has caused for people to not be able to come together in love because we don't necessarily understand exactly what the other one is saying. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, the whole earth was able to come together because they had the same words. They were able to say the same thing to each other. But that doesn't mean everybody's heart was in the right place. Just because you were saying the same thing, that doesn't mean communication was effective. Just because you were using the same words does not mean that what you were saying was actually being transmitted and received by the other person the way that you meant for it to be communicated. We all speak English in here, amen? But if I send you a text and I send you a text, you might read that text even with the same words a little bit differently because you come to the relate the conversation from a different perspective. Right. The words may be the same, help, but help, the help people's us. hearts help have us. to be together. Help Communication us. starts with words, but it continues as a matter of the heart. Say amen, somebody. Now, I would guess that this factor of communication, it was a huge factor for them of coming together. Because first you have to know what someone's saying. Then you have to understand why they're saying what they're saying. People have to come together and make a plan as a church, as a people, as organizations. We've got to come together and we've got to make plans. But just because we've made a plan, that doesn't mean that everybody is reading that plan and marching to the beat of the same drum. We just selected new church leaders in our church. Some of y'all are sitting back, voted, you're sitting back, and you're still at the they said stage. Still at the they said stage. Bible says in verse number one, they said, I'm sorry, verse number three, they said to one another, they were planning, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. Here are our materials. This is what we're working with, right? And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city. They said, they came up with a plan, and they agreed on the plan, but then they sat back. <laughs> sat back, and they waited to see what those materials would bring forth. They waited to see what would happen, even though they said that this is what they wanted. They said they wanted to move in this direction, but they didn't do anything to move in that direction. They said that they wanted new, but they didn't, they didn't do, they just, they said, just said, they said, they said what they wanted, but they didn't support what they said they wanted saying it doesn't matter until you start doing something saints 
You can say whatever you want to say, but until you put your hand to the plow, you have done nothing but talk. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. And the Lord came down. See, saying, saying doesn't matter until you start doing. Because if you go back in, um, in, in Genesis chapter 11, you'll see. And then the Lord came down to see. Not what they said. You see, the Lord came down to see the city and tower that they built. They said they wanted to do something. And then they did it. They said they wanted to do something. And then they did it. And then the Lord came to see what, what they were doing. <laughs> Not what they were saying. The Lord came down to see what they were, what they were doing. The Lord came down to see the tower that they said they wanted to build. The Lord came down to see the things that they said they wanted to do. The Lord came down to see the, the place, the city that they said they wanted to build. And when God came to see that their words and their actions were in alignment, then God said, behold, they are one people. Teach and preach here. Hallelujah. Then God said, behold, they are one people. Look at the Bible. It was after they said it and they did it. They are one people. And they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing, come on church, nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them to do. If I have an assignment from heaven today, my assignment to you is to communicate, stop talking about it, and start being about it. Stop talking about what you want to do and start being about what you want to do. Y'all say y'all want Redeemer restored to glory. Stop talking about. Is there a church? No. Stop talking about what you want to do and start being about what you want. Y'all say y'all want the choir back. Stop talking about what you. Start being about. Y'all say you're called to ministry. Keep saying it. But stop talking about what you want to do. And start being about what you want to do. You know God's called you. You know God has plans for you. You know God has a ministry that he's given to you that only you can birth in the earth. And you keep talking to your friends about it. You done wrote it down 17 times. Help. You've shared it with this one and that one. Help. You've walked up to a mentor and you've given it to other people. Help. But you have yet to Help. put your hand to any of those words that you know are from God. Stop talking about it. Start being about it. Hallelujah. Stop talking. About it. If you want to see your family's trajectory changed, it begins with you. Stop talking about going back to school and be about going back to school. If you want to see your life debt free, it begins with the decisions that you make. Stop talking about not eating out every night and start being about buying some groceries. Say amen, somebody.
Stop talking about it. Start being about it. We've been talking for far too long. It's time for us. Time for us. Stop talking about it. Start being about it. The hard part about this verse, this passage, this passage of scripture, the hard part about this passage of scripture for me begins in verse 5. Hard part. This is the part that confuses me. I got that. I got that. We're so powerful and we, we, we are. We are so powerful if we can put our minds and our mouths together with our actions. Nothing will stop us. The hard part about this comes in verse number five for me. It says, this is where God says, come. Let us go down there and confuse their language. That don't bother me if it don't bother you. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth and they left off building the city therefore its name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord dispersed them from the face of all the earth it's interesting to me that God would create people in God's own image it's interesting to me that God would give us power to be the change that we want to see in the world interesting to me that God would allow us to be his image bearers and to fully walk in the identity that he's created us in and then confuse us. (laughs) It doesn't say the enemy came and confused them. It doesn't say the devil came and scattered them. It says God came and confused them. It says, God came and scattered them. Sometimes God, God leads us into times of confusion so that we can realize that, yes, we are capable. Yes, we are confident. Yes, we are qualified, but we are still nothing without God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gave you everything you have, but you are still nothing without God. God made you capable, but you are still nothing without God. God made you qualified, but you are still nothing without God. God gave you that plan. He gave you the desire. He gave you the ability. He gave you the resources. He gave you the finances, and you are about it all by yourself, but you are nothing without God. In him you live. In him you move, and in him you have your very being. See, the blessing of the us in the Old Testament. (laughs) The blessing of the us in the Old Testament. The us that was known but not seen. The us. See, look, the Bible says, look, let us go down. Blessing of the us in the Old Testament. The us that was known and not seen. The us that made decisions that were felt but not really understood. The us that was the council in heaven. The blessing of that us of the Old Testament for us in New Testament times is that those us, um, those people in the, the Godhead in the us became the Godhead that was sent into the world. 
And the us that was unified in the Old Testament came to us in the form of Jesus. The us that was unified in the Old Testament was released to the earth by the power of Holy Spirit. And Jesus, one of the us's, who said, let us disperse them and confuse them. In John chapter 17, he pulls it all back together. And he says in John chapter 17, verse 22, yes, God, I know we scattered them. Yes, God, I know we confused them. But in John 17, 22, he says, the glory that you have given me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. <laughs> the one that scattered us came to reunify us. <laughs> and his name is Jesus. <laughs> the one that scattered us came to unify us. And his name is Jesus. The one who was wounded for our transgressions. Yeah, that Jesus. that Jesus, the one who was bruised for our iniquities, that Jesus, the one who left heaven and came to earth, that Jesus, the one who lived life as a mortal man just to become the epitome of Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus, the one who healed you when you were sick and the one who raised the dead. That Jesus, the one who restores souls and help the broken. We've got unity because we've got that Jesus. The one who willingly suffered and bled and died for our sins. That Jesus, the one in whom we live and we move and we have our very being. That Jesus, the one who went to Gethsemane. That Jesus, the one who prayed for us until blood was pouring out of his pores. That Jesus, the one who went to the cross of Calvary and suffered, bled, and died so that you would have the right to eternal life. That Jesus, the one who was beaten and bruised. That Jesus, the one who on early Sunday morning, let me put this down, early Sunday morning, he rose with all power in his hand, took the keys from death, hell, and the grave. That Jesus, the one that you disrespected. That Jesus, the one that you said, I got this one. That Jesus, the one that said, I'm still here, even though you walked away from me. That Jesus, he is the one that even though we're capable, even though we're qualified, even though we're anointed, we are gifted, and we are appointed. We will be divided until we submit to that Jesus. He's the one. He's the one that will hold us all together when we decide. Communication. It's not enough. Planning. It's not enough. Processing together. It's not enough. Last year, God told us to go. This year, God's telling us to go with God. Say amen, somebody. We don't, have to, we don't just get to go this year. We don't just get to lean on our own understanding this year. We don't just get to lean on our own power and influence this year. We've got to go with God. We've got to be unified in our dealings. 
when we communicate, we have to communicate what we want to do, not just what we want to say. It's time for us to stop talking about it. It's time for us to start being about it. And we, the only way we can unify like that is if we invite that Jesus. That Jesus. <laughs> into our lives again. Before I open the doors of the church, I want you to open the doors of your heart. That Jesus is here for you. That Jesus is here for you. The one that knows what it's like to be divided. The one that knows what it's like to be separated and scattered. That Jesus. The one that knows what it feels like to be separated from the Father. That Jesus. The one that knows what it's like to say something and other people hear something else. And you never intended for that message to be that Jesus. That Jesus. It's here for you today. Some of you have misconstrued the message of the master. You've heard something that Jesus never said to you. <laughs> and you've allowed it to be a place of offense in your relationship with God. I wish I had a church. Can y'all pray for me? <laughs> You've allowed for that to be a place of offense in your relationship with God because you heard what you wanted to hear. You didn't hear what God actually said. That Jesus is here to clarify some things for you today. That Jesus is here to clarify some things for you today. If there's somebody in this room, you know you're saved. The doors of the church, I mean, I'd, let me just do this one if you don't mind. If you know you're saved, you know you're in relationship with God but you're upset with God right now. You're mad. You feel like God disappointed you because you heard something. That's not really what God said. For the first time in your life, in this moment, you're willing to hear God again. My God. That Jesus is here to talk to you today. Jesus. That Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You've been carrying offense against God for a long time. But that Jesus wants to communicate to you one more time. You've asked your whys. You've asked your whats. You've asked your hows. You've asked all the questions. But you didn't wait for a response. You've been talking so much that your ears have been closed to heaven. God wants to talk to you today. You, I don't know, is your all on the altar? You know that? Is your all on the altar? You've longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase. You have earnestly, you fervently prayed, but you can't find rest. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll be perfectly blessed till all on the altar is laid. Your all on the altar is laid. If that's you, just lift your hands. I, I don't know. If you're here, if you're in the virtual campus, if that's you, you just, you just, you need, you need to do your own business with God. Just lift your hands and let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We glorify you. Lord, we thank you for bringing us to a place and a space where 
We know that we've been divided in our own minds and in our own hearts. But God, today I ask that you would unify us by the power in your name again. I ask that you would keep us and protect us and guide us and guard us. Help us, Lord, to stop talking for a minute and help us to hear you in Jesus' name. Tell us what's right. Help us to replace what we've heard with what you've actually said. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The doors of the church are open. Doors of the church are open. There are some of you who have allowed for... Yeah, some of you have allowed for your relationship with God to be broken because you've just never been willing to come to the Savior. But now is your day for unity. And that unity comes with action action for today it's for you to just say I yield Lord I give you my heart there's one in here who's never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior now is your time and today is your day just come come you're in the virtual campus say it's me put a thumbs up in the comments so we can see your name yeah there's somebody who's been in this in worshiping with us today but you know you walked away from God. And today it's time for you to say, I yield. I'm coming back home, Lord. Now is your time. Today is your day. Just come. Just come. Just come. Come. You want to restore your relationship with God through action. Or say it's me or put a thumbs up in the comments. Or if there's someone who wants to join a church, Church of the Redeemer Baptist is a great place to call home. Come now. Doors of the church are open. Oh. 